0: But basically, you find an area of passion that you have. For me, it was podcasting. You get into the community. That's why I was speaking at PodFest. You find a problem, a simple problem that that community is struggling with. And then you offer the simplest solution that you possibly can for it as fast as you possibly can. And so that was first PodMatch. And then from there, I just started asking the people that were using it, what else are you struggling with? And at first, I was getting like all kinds of things. I'm like, maybe this is all we're going to do. But then I realized a problem, Hirsch, and it was that almost 90% of people that were starting a podcast would stop and leave our software. And I I told my co-founder, who's the technical guy, so I'm not a developer. He's the developer, and I'm more this side of things, whatever you want to call this, right? And I was telling him, like, dude, there's something wrong with our software. Something's not working. Martians
1: landed. Wearing Prada suits. Yes. Drinking Henry's seltzer. Yes. Chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and? Your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and? A verse about. Yes. Your product here. Yes. I'm Hersh Redfield. Yes, and? I'm a message therapist. Yes. And I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes. We'll help you fix the world. Yes. Or your bottom line. All right. Your bottom line. Yes. Welcome to the Yes, yes Brand Podcast. Yes. In the hot seat today at the Yes Brand Studios is Alex Sanfilippo. Alex has a company called Pod Pros, he has Pod Match, Pod Everything, really, if you break it down. You're like the apple of the podcasting industry, but I'm going to let you share some of it and then we'll dig into the branding aspect of what you do. But Alex, welcome to Yes Brand.
0: Hirsch, thank you so, so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here and excited about it. As someone who listens to your show, I'm excited to actually be in this seat. This is going to be a lot of fun for me. So thank you again.
1: Thank you, buddy. And you're to thank for a lot of the wonderful guests that I'm having on both of my podcasts. And we'll talk about that as well. So what I like to start with is like the 30-second one-floor elevator pitch. And you can pack in there as many things as you can fit in 30 seconds because there's a lot with you. But go ahead.
0: So I'm a hundred percent podcasting. That's all I do. I'm a host myself, and even my show is about podcasting. So I have a podcast about podcasting. But ultimately, what I really focus on is serving independent podcasters and their guests, and I do that through creating software solutions such as PodMatch, Podcast SOP, and Pod Lottery. All three solve very specific problems. We'll probably get into today. This is, this is what I do, and I'm so so passionate to help independent voices get elevated and heard throughout the world through podcasting.
1: Yeah, your passion's like totally palpable it's there when you're in person it's cool for me this interview because i've been doing this kind of generation of podcasting let's say because i had i had done some a podcast you know several years ago but i think i it was i might as well have been making cassette tapes in my basement (laughs) it really was not like no different from when i was 12 years old but this is different this is an industry and i love this industry and we were just at podfest together in orlando and that was great and To see the kind of flurry of activity, first of all, around you, it comes from your passion, you know. So where did this passion for podcasting start?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, I've never been asked that question before. So I'm actually really glad to get to answer that because I think it's in. I'm very good at what I do. Right, <laughs> oh, I, I know that. I gave you the compliment before we started. And I'm like, man, this guy doesn't it. need the compliment. He he knows he's good at this. Yeah, so, <laughs> and you know, that's honestly why the Yes Brand listeners hang around because you do a, an, an incredible job with the show. And again, as I mentioned, it's someone who listens to it. But anyway, like getting to talk about my passion, like people are always like, wow, you're so passionate. I love it. And they want to ask where that came from. And for me, like my backstory, I won't get into all of it, but basically, I was a corporate guy for a long time, and I finally shifted to being an entrepreneur. And when I was in the corporate world, that where I was at, it was the aerospace industry, and I didn't have an interesting job. I loved it, but it wasn't super interesting. Let's put it that way. It was extremely cutthroat. It was very competitive. I mean, even the salesperson sitting next to you was your friend, but also, if they could steal something from you, they are probably going to do it, right? Like, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. And my company was full of very nice people, so it wasn't so much inside of our own house, but everyone in the industry. You were always on edge because you're like, man, if, if someone figured out what I did yesterday and they're doing it today, I'm screwed, right? Like, and that's right. kind of how it was. And when I decided I want to be an entrepreneur because I'm brilliant, I know. you know, like I'm not really, yeah. but I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't know how to do this. I'm going to start a podcast. So I can get free coaching from people who have successfully left a nine to five job. Like I'm going to figure it out by doing that. And so, yeah, I just started a podcast. And I started talking to people who, again, they had successfully left a nine to five or a traditional job to be a full-time entrepreneur. And, and as soon as I started that, I had a lot of podcasting questions, but remember, I came from a really competitive area let's call it that right i came from heavy competition yeah. you
1: came from space Aerospace. exactly okay
0: me and elon used to hang out orbiting That's the moon probably. or wherever it was mars or i don't know where he's going these days but the thing is i realized that this industry like as soon as i started like trying to hide my problems i didn't want any podcasters to realize i was struggling with these things every chance someone got to realize it they'd open up be like hey man can i help you with that And I was like, oh my gosh, you people are so nice. Like, what's wrong with you? You're going to, like, I'm, you know, I'm starting like the same podcast that you have. And like, yeah, let me, let me send it to my audience. And it was just like very collaborative. And I think for the first time, I felt free to actually share what I was doing while I was in the journey. So instead of like waiting until I hit the destination, like we did in aerospace, right? Like no releases until it's fully out and deployed. And now it was like, hey, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm struggling with. Can anyone help me? And also, can I teach anyone what I'm doing? I became passionate not just about leaving a nine-to-five job. I became very passionate about podcasting because I saw the type of people that were attracted to the space. And so for me, I was like, man, I love this. And I talked to so many people that weren't just interested in money. And again, maybe it was because I came from a background like that, but people that are actually interested in adding value to the world. They're like, hey, if I make money, it's great, but I'm here to serve and help somebody. And I fell in love with that. My passion just like flowed fully into it. So again, for me, I'm all about like helping these indie podcasters and, of course, their guests get these messages out to the world. And that's where that passion has really flowed from. It first came from other people loving and treating me well, and I was just like, man, I'm I'm all in on this. And past that, I can barely even explain it. But that's where it all comes from, Hirsch.
1: But that makes sense, Alex, because my experience also was like, you know, I got into it because I wanted to expand my base. I had a very tight knit professional community, but I was with the pandemic and everything, didn't get to see people. And so it really branched, it was about that. But the people that I met, you know, our friends at at Pantheon and all of those, it was, they were so nice and warm, just like you described. And I was like, okay, is everybody gonna be like this in the industry? Is it something about the industry? And it really is. And it's a kind of humanity that is attracted to what we're doing. And it makes everything much more fun, everything much more relaxed. Every Like you say, you know, people don't sweat making money. We all want to make a living at what we do and we want to do the best job we can do and have it be appreciated. But I think this kind of working from the inside out thing is really appealing. Now, when you started, what was the first product that you offered?
0: So Podmatch was the first one. Okay. Yep. And And that was
1: two and a half years ago?
0: Yes. So I had the idea actually on March 10th, 2020 is when I had the idea. And I actually just came back from the – you just mentioned PodFest as a conference we were just at. I just came back from that conference. And that's how I really validated that it was a problem that needed to be solved was at that conference. But so I I came home and I just started writing it on a whiteboard because it was like the same week the whole world came home, right? So I was like, well, I'm I'm at home. I might as well like – do something while I'm doing nothing. And I really like whiteboard out the idea. And on June 15th, 2020 is when we launched it into an early beta. And I should probably just quick for anyone listening. who has no idea what we're talking about. Podmatch yeah. is a service that automatically connects podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. So it works just like your favorite dating app, but instead of connecting you for dates, it connects you for podcast interviews. So if like Hirsch, is a marketing expert, it finds a podcast saying, I need a marketing expert to come on and talk to my audience. It'll put you together. You can message in the platform schedule. You never have to exchange an email if you don't want to. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And it's also really easy for people to then book the appearances
1: because your scheduling stuff is already in the system. And so it's really convenient. That for me, by the way, the user friendliness of stuff like this and the intuitiveness of the technology is everything because that's what makes our lives easier. It does the things that we are not able to do because we don't have the database or the Rolodex of all, and it makes it easy for everybody to check out everybody else's, you know, what, what shows they've been on and all that stuff. But it, anyway, so your pivot, you had a pre-pandemic pivot. Your pivot was underway before, before the pandemic actually hit. And then in the pandemic was when you were kind of building all this stuff. And so, okay, so they know what Podmatch is. And then how did the next evolution happen?
0: Yeah. So real quick, the way we even design PodMatch is how we design the other ones. And so what I did, and it's funny, when I launched that entrepreneurship podcast years back, right, like when I was still in the corporate job and figuring out like where I wanted to go, when I learned about entrepreneurship, and by the way, Hirsch, I'm way simplifying it. So I give credit to all my guests that taught me this. So I don't just yeah. think this is all I learned in a year of interviewing some of the smartest people I've ever met. But basically, you find an area of passion that you have, For me, it was podcasting. You get into the community. That's why I was speaking at PodFest. You find a problem, a simple problem that that community is struggling with. And then you offer the simplest solution that you possibly can for it as fast as you possibly can. And so that was first PodMatch. And then from there, I just started asking the people that were using it, what else are you struggling with? And at first, I was getting like all kinds of things. I'm like, maybe this is all we're going to do. But then I realized a problem, Hirsch. And it was that almost 90% of people that were starting a podcast would stop and leave our software. And I told my co-founder, who's the technical guy, so I'm not a developer. He's the developer, and I'm more this side of things, whatever you want to yeah. call this, right? And I was telling him, like, dude, there's something wrong with our software. Something's not working. And he's like, all right, well, let me know what it is. I'm like, let me start getting on calls. So I just call after call after call. Turns out it wasn't the software. Now, granted, there was the, the one or two off people that are like, screw you guys. This thing sucks, right? But like the <laughs> mass majority, the 99% said, oh, I'm not quitting Podmatch. I'm quitting podcasting. And they all had various reasons. And long story short, one of the biggest problems that, especially these independent podcasters, so the the small little guy or girl that just like has a passion they want to explore, was having was the fact that they felt like they couldn't get it organized. So they're using whiteboards, they were writing on sticky notes, they had paper, they had Excel spreadsheets, they had everything you can imagine. And so I was like, oh, easy solution go use Trello, go use Notion, go use Asana. I was sending them these things. And then the immediate feedback I got from all of them was, dude, this thing does 20,000 things. You just took my stress and elevated it. And I was like, good point. So we created Podcast SOP, which is very simply project management software that only does one thing, which is help podcast hosts keep up with their production. It gives them a glorified checklist that they can create that will automatically help them keep their episodes on time. Built it really simple, has one function. People all the time are like, hey, are you ever going to do this for YouTube and for this? I'm like, nope, this is just for one thing because as soon as we introduce more, you add that confusion. And so we we built that as, again, a direct response to the problem that we found podcasters facing and that's where that one came from.
1: Very cool. One thing I want to point out because I do have, there are people who listen to this show that are entrepreneurs, business people, but aren't really in the podcasting sphere, you know, they may appear on the odd podcast, but they haven't really, like, they're listening because they like to listen, not because they like the, the business of podcasting. But one thing I want to point out is how useful, as someone that, that has done it, worn every hat from publicist to copywriter and, and creative director and all that stuff, and strategist, I appreciate the platform that it gives businesses to have substantive discussions about what they do and form bonds with the, with their customers and with their audience and with their colleagues and all of that stuff. So I think that, you know, to understand that this need, this is a big growing industry that's happening out there. Not just that it's hot or trendy, it's be, it's replacing in some ways, some, paid media, earned media, different kinds of exposure that I have learned from taking care of my clients is very very challenging to come by, especially on a substantive level. So I want the listeners to, who don't already know this to understand that this isn't like a like a little hobby that has a growing following. You know what it's like to be the new kid and to get known and to grow, what's the strategy for staying on top of
0: this community yeah the first thing that i always do and i like to talk about is to do things that don't scale and i think a lot of people immediately hear that and they're like okay what does that mean i mean there's no automation involved with what i'm about to share and that is connect with members of your community people who use your software who use your service that are your client that are in your course whatever it might be whatever your business is connect with the human one-on-one who's using it And for a lot of founders, especially like in in my space in software, they're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, why would you talk to somebody who's sending you money? They're going to complain. They're going to do this. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You just have to get comfortable with that happening because you might actually learn something. And if there's one, and this is not why I do it, but the bonus is often, even if that person has a complaint, they leave that conversation a fan of yours. Even if you tell them, sorry, that's how it is because that's how we, we built it. and It's serving a lot of people. We can't change that. They still leave saying, you know what? I respect the heck out of this person because they got on a call with me. I complained and they stood their ground. And, and But usually, people are very kind, very nice. And again, I call it doing things that don't scale. And you can't sit there and do this 24-7. But I encourage anybody, again, if you're even just a one-off, just you, just you and like no, com- no one else in your company, make time in your calendar every week to connect with at least one or two people that are your client or your member or in your community, whatever it might be. And doing that will bring clarity to what you're doing. And the last point I'll share on this before I pass it back to you, Hirsch, is that the companies that seem to lose this touch with their client, their ideal customer, are the ones that begin fading away from what it is that they're actually doing to serve people. Because they forget, because they're not talking to that person anymore. They're just saying, let's build this, 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 this. Oh, everyone's going to love it. But they're not talking to the person who might say, I don't want all that. All I need you to do is this simple thing, because that's why I'm here. And without having that communication, you grow more and more irrelevant to the person that you say you serve. Having that communication is good for you. It's good for them. The connection that it builds, potentially creating a fan is exponential. Because here's the thing. I can talk about pod match on blue in the face, but if Hirsch says one nice thing about it versus me talking about it for 20 minutes, it means more from him because he's not directly connected to it, right? And yeah. so that's always something that turns out to be a bonus. Again, not the reason I get on those calls. The the reason I get on is to learn, to see how I can serve But the bonus is it turns into something more. And I know I went on a mini rant there, Hirsch, but I'm very passionate about that point. No,
1: no, and Alex, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm a big proponent of third-party validation. I'm working on a book now, and third-party validation is a very important part of it because whether it's image building or brand messaging or advertising or B2B, it doesn't matter. This third-party validation is going to be crucial to success. And I think that without evangelizing for our products, for ourselves, we don't have that possibility. And so it doesn't really work. With the advance of technology now, we have to start zeroing in on the human touch points that are the most important because things are getting automated, AI is a big deal. It's like everything's reaching a point where it can be done by some technology. All that does is make those other things more precious and more important. And so what's worked for you has been this very human approach to your business. You know, when I signed up and I needed something, you guys would respond just personally to me in a community, in your community, in the Podmatch community. And, you know, you just go in, post your thing that's going on or send a message and so, and you guys get back. And I think that's in a way what you may mean by, you know, you don't want to scale yourself out of that process because then you're not in touch anymore. And then yeah. that's where you get those defections. You know, people are like, ah, well, I knew Alex back in the day, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't respond anymore. But what does happen in your view when people grow, when your business grows and you want to, because this is really going out to my listeners because anybody who, who's owned their own business, or started their own business, thinks about scalability and they think about you know, what's going to be in five years, you know, down the line, if they grow, if this catches on, are they going to lose the role that they have now? What happens? So what do you think happens?
0: Yeah, we've hit some of that. Like we we are serving tens of thousands of people. and I'm extremely thankful for that. So there's no way I can have, I can't get on a call with everybody. Let's put it that way. Like it just can't happen anymore. And there's, there's a few things I'll share here. The first one, going back to what you said. I mean, the future of business is human to human. I mean, you're, you're seeing things like AI come up, but things like autoresponders, chatbots, those things are not working like they used to because people are like, I don't wanna talk to a robot. People actually are getting frustrated now we're seeing that. So right. it's better to just basically take a little bit longer to respond and let it be a human. And, and so for me, any chance I have to pour in the human element, I'm going to do it. Uh, but again, I can't, I can't have that interaction with everybody. So the way that I say it internally and our team does is today we're gonna do for one person what we wish we could do for all. We're gonna do for one person what we wish we could do for all. I would love to have a one-on-one conversation with everyone who uses any product or service I have. I'd love to meet that member. They're a valued person in our community, but I just can't. So what I do is I say, you know what, today, and once a week I actually do this, I I have my team find 10 people that are using one of our softwares and services, and I just look at everything that they're doing. I go to their website, go to their social media, listen to their podcast, and I just send them a quick video. It's usually less than two minutes, but it's not, even, it's not even that direct, like, hey, let's have a conversation. This is like a little bit higher, like, I can do a little bit more of this than even that. But the thing is, those people respond, like, I cannot believe the founder of this company just reached out to me. And sometimes they'll yeah. share a lot, like, can you believe that this person just took the time to do this? And again, I can't do that for everybody. But if I can do it for 10 people a week, I have to be okay with that. And the other thing I'll share on this point is we don't want to get to the point where we can't even do that, right? So, like, I always say when you look at your business, whatever kind of business it is, Think, how can I automate, delegate, or eliminate part of what I'm doing? Automate, delegate, eliminate. So, automate means there's AI tools, right? If you don't have to do something because there's some tool that will do it for you, then go for it, right? Delegate by adding more team members. There's someone else who can do this thing that doesn't actually impact or influence the person that I'm serving because it's just an administrative tax. Like, having, like if you're not a directly a bookkeeper, like it's the bookkeeping part of my job, I don't touch any of that ever. Right, And I don't have a massive team. You can find VAs that can do this stuff. And the last thing is to eliminate. And eliminate is actually, I find them to be the most difficult for people. And that just means there's always something because many of us entrepreneurs, the ones that have these creative minds, we're like, ooh, this is so shiny. I'm going to do this. Right? And the truth is you start doing it and you might, if you really sit down, you might be like, why am I doing this? I'm just doing it because it looked like fun. And at that point, I give you permission to just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to eliminate this from my process and get back to the core of how I serve and, and those are kind of my thoughts around this and all from the take of it's human to human is what we're looking at as the future of business.
1: Yeah. And that's a really good strategy is the, you know, we're going to find people to do this with because we can't do it with everybody. It it reminds me of uh, like David Letterman, you know, in his late night show, and he he will walk out and go to a light bulb store and he'll go to the supermarket. He'll go to the guy at the market and those people become part of the community in the show. But That's where we see ourselves. So you can be a person of the people without actually going out there and shaking every single person's hand. And almost the random nature of it makes it even more personal because you're, you know, that person is not any better than another person. So there's just as much chance of having interactions. It keeps it real. I mean, you know, not rocket science. It's the human part of it. But that's what draws me, I think, to what this industry provides. Now, and I'm really glad I do have a show because now I, now I know that if it hadn't been the show, I would have to hope to get called up on the lottery. Oh, you have the, 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 yeah, the pod lottery.
0: You know, real yeah. quick, everyone who just heard what Hersh yeah. just said, go back and listen again. You just shared some serious gold that anyone could probably apply to li- virtually any type of business. So go back and then get back to us, and we're back. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, so rewind. I'm going to have to listen to it later because right. I, I don't know. Did you want to talk about the pod lottery?
0: Yeah, sure, yeah. So again, going back to the same thing, like we found the problem and offered the solution, right? So the next thing that I realized... That members and people that are using our software are were struggling with these independent podcasts. They're like, man, a lot of people outside of my podcast don't take it seriously because I only have one or two reviews. And I'll be the first to admit, it is very difficult to get your actual listeners to leave you a review. But what's not difficult is to get another host to leave you a review as long as you're going to review their show, right? Review swaps is kind of how it's gone. And basically, what we built this something called Pod Lottery. It's, I'll, I'll say this, it's completely free. There will never be a charge for it. I'm not trying to sell it to anybody here, right? Like, but, we did it just for fun and to be a way that hosts can find each other's shows, collaborate, and actually leave each other reviews. And we built this thing in such a way that we actually worked with Apple Podcasts directly. And they liked it so much, they gave us access to everything. So you, the first thought everyone has is like, well, what if someone says they left a review on my show and they didn't? Or they didn't listen to my show and they just left her like a bogus review. We can authenticate a listen and the review, but not just that the review is left, but the review is actually quality. Meaning it was unique. It's not just copy-paste. Everyone's getting the same one. It doesn't have profanity in it that's... Out of place, let's say, right? Or it's not just one word, good show, or two words, right? right? And and so we we did all that, and we basically built in a fun lottery way so that when you leave a review, you win a ticket. And every night, numbers are drawn. If your number matches that ticket, then you could win between one and hundreds or thousands of reviews from other people on the platform. And then when those people go and review your show, they earn a ticket. So again, it just kind of brings people back into this fun system. And so far, the feedback has been that it's a blast. People are really enjoying it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. See, you have to make all this stuff fun. That's the other thing is the the sense of play. I think because of this medium, we're on the air, we're recording, we're putting up lights and putting a studio together. Obviously, we love to play. Obviously, there's a sense of play. And so... I think that, and you won't find podcasters that are like, "Oh man, I gotta do another interview." You know, like <laughs> just hey, you stop just- your show, please. Yeah, you may, stop. you may, yeah, you may, you may be tired or whatever. But it's like it's showtime when it when it happens. You're excited because this is this is a great opportunity to do something and to say something. So, speaking of saying something, before we go, um, if you can think of something that you that we haven't covered yet, but an idea that will inspire people doesn't have to be about podcasting so much as getting your business over the hump or lighting up the world with your product and your passion you know anything you want to share we can go out on that
0: Yeah. So I've got a couple ideas here. The first thing I want to share is actually it's going to, it's going to quote a previous episode of your show. So I hope that's okay. It was released on February 16, 2023 with a guy named Steve. I'm not going to say his last name because I can't pronounce it, but he was talking about showing your appreciation. And by the way, I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that. But Steve said, consistency builds and displays your character. Consistency builds and displays your character. And that was a question that you asked and that was his response, which I just thought was a brilliant way of saying that for all of us, whatever our business is, right? When we're doing our marketing, when we're trying to grow this brand, we have to be consistent with our message. And I've found that the best way for me to be consistent is to put my passion into our branding, into our marketing, to everything. So what I do, if you go look at anything I'm doing on social media, I am sharing exactly what I've got going on. Good, bad, ugly, fun little wins, exciting things going on, it's not me driving a Lamborghini, talking about like, I built a SaaS company and I'm freaking huge, right? No, it's saying, man, I just talked to a podcaster today and they, they, they were really struggling. They had a question. I didn't have to answer. Does Anyone have an idea on how we can answer this question, right? Like those are the type of things that I'm getting into with the community and I'm doing that consistently. So it's not just like once every six months peppering in something nice, right? But I find that when we do this with our brands, we show up in that very human way. People gravitate toward that because it feels human. It feels natural. It shows who you are, what you stand for. And for me, like, that's one of the highlights of what I do. And I just think it's been super fun to be able to do that and just build a community just around the collaboration, the humanness that we all share. All right.
1: If you liked the show. Yes. And. It worked for you. Yes. yes and subscribe and leave a. Yes. Five-star friend. review. Yes.
0: Friend.
1: Tell all your friends. Yes. Friend. Get your branding here. Yes. Get friend. your branding here. Yes. Friend. Did I make it clear? Yes. Friend. Get your branding on. Yes. They're gone. Yeah.